Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Help Desk for Tuesday, the 1st of December. My name is Peter Wells. How are you, Tess Bennett? Uh, I've been better, Peter, but it is great to be back. Oh, it's great to have you back. Uh, yeah, I heard you got uh, a little bit sick hanging out hanging out with little people. Yeah, I mean, I've been extremely healthy all year as a result of not seeing anyone. <laughs> um, so the uh, the downside of borders coming down is my immune system isn't is getting getting a workout for the first time in a, in quite a few months. Well, look after yourself and let's get through to the, the story so you can get straight to the doctor. And a London AI lab claims a breakthrough that could accelerate drug discovery. An artificial intelligence lab in London has built a computer system to map out complex proteins in less than a few hours, a process that has previously taken years to do manually. So they threw algorithms at a bunch of stuff that they already knew to see how long it would take DeepMind, which is the lab itself, which is also owned by Google, to map out and understand what the protein looks like. It's called the protein folding problem. And given a string of amino acids that make up the protein, a system can rapidly and reliably predict its three-dimensional shape. Yeah, so this is a problem that scientists didn't know if they'd actually be able to solve. This particular breakthrough arrives a little too late to make a significant impact on coronavirus, but researchers believe DeepMind's methods could accelerate the response to future pandemics. And it's hoped this AI could help scientists gain a better understanding of genetic diseases along the lines of Alzheimer's or cystic fibrosis. Yeah, so good news coming out of London today. Back home, the government's cut-price cyber defence is leaving the departments open to attack, according to John Davidson over at the Fin. So the Australian government departments are making themselves, this is a quote, making themselves easy targets for criminals and state-based hackers, a report has found. But the report is based on a survey of Australia's top chief information security officers and chief technology officers, basically explaining how much they're spending on cybersecurity. And Davidson has compared those numbers with the numbers that are being spent by government departments and has found that the government departments are lacking, generally spending about half of what the private sector is spending per employee on cybersecurity. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, an interesting one. And I'd also add to this uh, a story which was out on Friday around ASIC actually gave the banks a bit of a a slap around as well for their cybersecurity stances, basically saying we've we've cut you some slack through COVID and letting people work from home. And now we're really going to tighten the screws, I believe they said, uh, Mm. when it came to enforcing cybersecurity. And it was, a lot of it was around sort of basic, cyber hygiene and just getting the getting the basics right however the financial services sectors was actually the top spending industry in this report averaging three thousand and thirty eight dollars per employee one last point for this story spending more doesn't necessarily make you safer Cybersecurity professionals will tell you that it's it's a cultural thing and everyone needs to be on the lookout so more money doesn't necessarily make you safer 
but money, I guess, does is a good signal for what a company is prioritizing. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's a good point, actually, because halfway down John Davidson's article, they do say that the numbers could be skewed for government departments just because of how many extra people tend to work in the public service versus the private service. So even though the per employee number is lower, they've got more employees in the public sector. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but an interesting point. Moving on, and the ACCC is consulting on Google's pending Fitbit acquisition. So the ACCC is seeking feedback on a proposal made by Google concerning its acquisition of Fitbit. Under the proposed undertaking, Google said it will not use certain data uh, user data collected through Fitbit and Google wearables for its advertising purposes for 10 years. Yeah, and the I guess the ACCC is looking into this to find out how easy it would be to monitor that promise that Google has made and if they'd actually be able to enforce it or not. So uh, Google announced the $2.1 billion deal a year ago, but it hasn't gained final regulatory approval here in Australia or the European Union. And ACCC chairman Rod Sims said, quote, our decision to begin consultation should not be interpreted as a signal that the ACCC will ultimately accept the undertaking and approve the transaction. And finally, uh, Facebook buys customer service software maker Customer. Uh, so Facebook Incorporated has acquired Customer, a New York based software company that helps businesses manage customer conversations from multiple services in one dashboard. The deal was valued at more than one billion bucks. The social media giant made the deal to bolster efforts to monetize its messaging business, which is expanding to include customer service products that help companies interact with people via chat apps like WhatsApp and Messenger. Yeah, I'm torn on this one because I do love a good chatbot. I, I would much rather uh, jump on, on a uh, online chat for support than uh, go through a phone tree if I can do it. But I'm always frustrated when the only way of, of getting support is via one of Facebook's services. So my local council, for instance, only has Facebook as, as a way of communicating. It doesn't do really, it never really follows up on Twitter or, or any of the other social networks. I prefer, uh, this, this is really cementing Facebook's part in that ecosystem as being the one chatbot to rule, rule them all. Yeah, it does accompany some of the other things we've talked about with Facebook looking more so at commerce. Um, so customer service is a really natural extension of commerce and advertising. So it, it looks like they're building out this more holistic system for advertisers to be able to sort of have an operations or a command center within the Facebook ecosystem. Yeah, and Salesforce has a very similar product that, that can kind of tie in a whole bunch of chat searches, where, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or anything else. So you're probably coming up against uh, that as well. But anyway, thank you so much, Tess, for joining me today. No worries, Peter. And we'll speak to you guys tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Bye.